Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker, and today I am joined by an amazing game changer. Deborah Jo Chiapuzio is joining me to talk about a mission that she started that she's incredibly passionate about. And we're so thankful that Deborah took a few minutes out of her day to join us. Congratulations on your nomination, Deborah. Thank you so much. It's uh, incredible to realize that other people have been watching. I have just been in my own zone for about 10 years and putting my foot forward uh, or paw forward. (laughs) Both. (laughs) Yes, both. That you... um, you don't realize when you're doing something for somebody else, how many other people are watching. Yeah, it's true. So Deborah, back up and tell our listeners, readers, our audience, a little bit about 10 years ago, what precipitated the shift in your heart to realize I got to do, I got to act on what I'm feeling, what I'm seeing and what I've just experienced. Back up and give us the whole story. Well, I'd like to give you a little bit of a story that I really haven't shared with a lot of people. Uh, Ten years ago, my husband was working out of town. I was bored. I was lonely. I was at lack of connection. And I found myself going down to the shelter during a year that California had a ton of fires. Mm. And I found the dog that I wanted primarily because she was so calm in nature. And it I had to wait. She was on a fire hold. I had to wait for her. And I found out after the adoption that she was rescued by firefighters. Uh, She was down in one of our local canyons running away from flames. And I didn't think much about it at the time. I just, I was teaching pet first aid. I had my dog. I was just sort of doing my thing. And it came to my attention that there were oxygen masks that would be used over and above what a pet owner would have to do. Um, would be used for emergency preparedness. It would be that last line of, you know, preservation for the animal if you would have like a home fire. So I started looking into it and I just wanted my dog to be safe. I fell in love head over heels and I wanted my pet to be safe. So I set out in a very positive way on social media, doing what I thought was everything for my dog. In the meantime, I had quite a lot of people saying, well, I want that too. I want my cat in New York to be safe. I want my dog in uh, Pennsylvania to be safe. And I realized that there was this opening that didn't exist. And I set out to try to figure out how to help those people do what I was doing here at home. Uh, Jump forward 10 years and it is a, Actually, right now, the Amazon Foundation is 10 years old. We do nothing but raise funds for oxygen masks that fit around a dog or a cat's snout. And so it's really just the proper equipment to save their lives. We donate it all to fire departments. And in 10 years, have donated approximately 8,000 gifts. 
how amazing, just amazing. Deborah, do, do fire departments contact the organization and say, we need this? Or how, how, does, how do you go about connecting needed uh, equipment to areas or departments that don't have that equipment? I'm sure part of it is based on like you're in a very high risk area for yes. forest fires, I'm sure. But how, how do you connect the resources to people who need them? So that was a learning process. <laughs> that was a learning process. But nowadays on our website, uh, our real website, not social media, the amazonfoundation.org, there's actually a place where you can go and learn how to establish them so that the average person can take steps and it's written out who to call, what to ask for, why not to be discouraged if they say they have them because they may mean they have one kit and they need one for each engine. So we played it out very clearly on the internet. And when you want to get involved, that is a way that you can, you know, put your time and your effort in, in saving animals in your community. Yeah. And some people want to do that. Some people just want to donate kind of to our kitty fund, so to speak. And we donate those masks, we use those funds for where they're needed. Those fire departments have contacted us. Yeah, I, I believe that. So let's just say that, uh, so I'm in Arizona. Mm -hmm. uh, and let's say that I'm unsure if my fire department has appropriate masks for animals that would need them. If they didn't, I could be able to spearhead that process of either raising Correct. awareness, raising funds so that my local department would be well equipped. What a beautiful way. What a beautiful way to get local communities involved with local firefighters. Yeah. yeah. How wonderful. And that's been a big part of it is uh, <laughs> my dog took me out of myself. Um, yeah. And I was able to, let's say you would like to do that in, in Arizona and you call for whatever reason. I was so into my pet that, you know, I would say, Dr. Laura made it possible for all these kits to be donated in this land, you know, and I didn't say actually the foundation Amazon is named after my dog, Amazon. So I didn't say Amazon did it. I didn't say we, I did it. I didn't say we, the foundation did it. I said it was made possible by you. And I think that I started doing that because I was speaking in the dog mm -hmm. and it was such a wonderful blessing because it pulled me out of myself for the first time in my, you know, 58 years of life. And I got to see something from the different perspective from there's that old saying of, plant a tree under whose shade you don't intend to sit. Yeah. Uh, that's actually what's happened in the foundation. Those of us yeah. that are on the board and yeah. work really hard, we're planting trees. <laughs> it's really beautiful. And what's also fantastic is you're, you're probably motivating people and making people aware of a need in their community that they didn't even knew existed. Right. Right. Which is yeah. really a powerful way to bring, to knit communities together nationwide. So I can then only imagine that you have families that say, because this happened, my animal's life was saved. It has to be, I guess my next question would be, what do you, what's most inspiring about this amazing work that you do? But I can only imagine getting the email or phone call from someone who has 
whose fire department has been equipped, how life-changing that is for them. I have been put in the position or have gotten myself into the position where I am the one who usually hears um, those stories. Uh, as an organization, we don't set out to find them. We sure. just keep our faces down and we do the footwork. But over the years, I have been able to talk to people whose animals have been saved and the emotion behind just even one story yes. is enough to keep you going for the next 10 years. Yep. I personally got in this to help my dog and then to help you help your dog or cat. Mm-hmm. And after hearing a couple of uh, animals who had pets saved by the oxygen masks, I realized I'm in the business of saving people. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I've had people say we lost it all in tears with just such emotion running out of them. We lost it all, but I have everything. And what they mean by that statement is the house is gone, you know, the cars are gone, the memories are gone, but my dog cat is yes. alive. Yes. And yes. to actually be there when somebody's experiencing that is surreal. It is just surreal and should, yeah. you don't even have to be there. You just have to hear the stories in order to realize how motivating that should be for a lifetime. Yeah. This amazing role that you have found yourself in, in knitting together the ability for firefighters to have the equipment they need to keep whole families intact. Yes, they lost all their stuff, but they didn't lose their family, right? Like, and they got their whole family out. They didn't just get their human kids out. They got their fur kids out. And because you were able to coordinate the resources, this life-saving tools necessary to provide services. What an amazing thing that you're doing, Deborah. What do you love most? I'm sure you, 10 years ago, you probably did not set out (laughs) to do this. But when you get up in the morning, what do you love most about knitting together communities with the right equipment to be able to save the lives that they need to save? One of my pet peeves is something that I am probably do the most (laughs) is social media and photographs. Mm. Um, Everybody's always, and I'm horrible, man. My dog's life is out there, but having what we do is equivalent to taking in those moments that nobody catches on, on, you know, a camera. Um, I'm not out there. I'm not out there trying to be who I am and do what I do. I'm just doing what is right for animals. And I'm motivated by the love I have for all of the feathered and furred animals that live here with me. And to have that be my life instead of working for another and serving their cause, working or joining the foundation isn't working for our cause. It's working for your pet, for your neighbor's pet, for your community's pet. And I could have never have put myself in that position if I tried. Uh, I was pretty much raised in a barn. (laughs) I was raised in rural land and it's my comfort zone to go back to animals. Yeah. 
well, what a, what a beautiful way that you're serving the animal kingdom, but also local communities nationwide. You're, you're really, you're really, you, you're acting locally and, but the reach of what you're doing is reaching much beyond your local high risk area, which is just beautiful. Deborah, if you, if you could let the world know one thing about the work that you're doing, what would it be? I think it would be to maybe include emergency preparedness, which is what we do. But for the average individual, I think when we say we want to reach this peak, many times in life, we set ourselves up for disaster. You know, we just don't get there and we tend to fail. Um, Doing emergency preparedness at home is something everybody can do and do layers. Every little bit you add helps. Um, every when, a, when an emergency comes, you may be the only person there and you can only work with what you have. So when I have little emergencies, I still today change uh, what I need to have in my arsenal or in my uh, thoughts, you know, my education on a specific item or disorder or disease or an emergency. And so emergency preparedness isn't a said done deal. It is something you add layers to day after day, week after week, just change one thing, add one thing, and then do it again next week. You know, um, there's so much that we can do to be better prepared for our pets. And that's what I like to encourage. It's beautiful and such wise words that really being prepared is an evolution that also changes with our circumstances, our home life. Uh, But we always have the option to be prepared. And I think sometimes people subconsciously, it's it's an uncomfortable thought to think about worst case scenarios. So sometimes people don't, and that's where the heartbreak can come in. So you are lovingly encouraging people to think about doing what we can proactively so that we can minimize heartbreak if and when disaster strikes, we can minimize our, our losses by making wise decisions now, which are really wise, wise words. Thank you. Thank you. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's in, in, you, in what you're doing is you are inspiring people to take action on that. You know, we think, you know what, I, I should do that. I should have an emergency prepared kit for my, you know, it, in-home ER kit for my animals. I should, you know, I wonder if my fire department is well-equipped. Those are things that most people aren't asking themselves until they get into a situation where it's too late. So good for you for encouraging people to think about it now. I- I would like uh, to I would like to invite your listeners to follow us on social media because some of the things that we talk about daily are really some of those steps that people can take. Uh, an example, uh, just for you know, to begin with, let's say Laura that something didn't even happen to you. What if it happened to your significant other or your children, even if they're furry and it ran you out of the house for three days? If I or your neighbor or your son or your mother came over and fed your animals, you know, an emergency, so you did not have time to train me or tell me, would I be able to find their food? Would I know how much food to give each animal? And if for whatever reason you were completely out because instead of an emergency, you plan to go to the feed store, would I know what brand they had? 
Would I know where to purchase it? And we talk about how easy it is to make those things happen so that you can have that knowledge if you, if I just freely walked into your home. And I think that also removes a, a part of that fear is just addressing it in a, in a supportive community where you can work through the fear of thinking some of these worst case scenarios in a supporting, loving community at a pace that you feel comfortable with that, that removes a lot of the barriers of, of having to address it because you can address it in a safe place, a safe space, and with a community that can support you along your evolution, which is really great. So speaking of website or Facebook, Deborah, where would they, where, where would they go to find you on Facebook? So first of all, it is Emma Zen. So it's the female name, E-M-M-A-Z as in zebra, E-N. So it's emmazenfoundation.org or facebook.com, Emma Zen Foundation. The reason I spell it out is because I speak super, super fast and it sounds like MSN. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yes, thank you for clarifying. Yes, it's true. Not MSN, Emma Zen. Zen, correct. Well, I love this and I love that you are empowering pet owners to think about how to thoughtfully and appropriately prepare for trauma or emergencies. It's not if and when we all get caught in circumstances where we wish we were better prepared. It happens to all of us eventually in some form or fashion. It happens to all of us. So helping pet parents work through the logistics and the fear and maybe the overwhelming emotions that come with it is a real gift to our animal loving community. Thank you, Deborah Jo, for doing your part. Oh, thank you so much. You, uh, I so really feel and appreciate that nomination. I just, I just, you made this smile. (laughs) It's good. 